Welcome back to the Fangirl Forum. I'm your host, Meredith Loftus, aka your friendly neighborhood fangirl. Thanks for tuning back in, guys. Sorry it's been a little bit, you know, life happens, but it's okay. We're here and we're ready to fangirl. And I'm not alone this time. Uh, joining me is one of my fellow fangirl friends, Joss Pacala. Thank you for being my first guest. Oh my god, thank you for having me. I think I'm more excited than you are right now. Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't know. I'm pretty, I'm pretty geeked right now that this is all coming together. I, this is just great. I'm just very excited for what we're going to talk about. Yay! <laughs> um, so a brief history, uh, Joss and I, we, uh, we are fellow fangirl friends. Uh, we met through Once Upon a Time and... We were both at this short film festival in Hollywood. Holly Shorts. Yeah, Holly Shorts. Holly Shorts. And um, me and my friend Mimi were there, and we look over, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think that's Joss. Um, because at the time, she was doing um, YouTube reviews of Once Upon a Time, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know this chick. Uh, <laughs> Which is so funny, because, I mean... Obviously, I could see that people were watching our reviews, but I didn't actually think, I didn't believe that people were actually watching them. So the fact that you came up to me, I think Mimi more so knew me than you did, mm -hmm. but the fact that she was like, you're Joss, I watch your reviews. Like, this is just, this is just great. <laughs> it, it was, and it was such a fun night because, like, Jennifer Morrison was there. We all got to, like, talk with her. Like, you interviewed her, right? Yes, I interviewed her for, I had a blog at the time, and she was actually my first interview, which was crazy. That's so cool. So crazy. And then you hung out with her at the after party, mm -hmm. which is even crazier. <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous, and there were, like, bouncers near her. I'm like, crap. And there were a apparently some other fans who had tried to, and they were tweeting, like, couldn't even get close to Jennifer and blah, blah, blah. And so I worked up the courage, and I was able to have, like, a conversation with her about, like, post-production of all things. Oh and it was great. But can we acknowledge the fact that you have hung out with almost every <laughs> cast member of Once Upon a Time? Pretty much most of them, yeah. Genuinely hung out. <laughs> yeah, that happened. Oh, my gosh. We oh, were, okay. The one person, okay, I met Jennifer Goodwin on the street. I didn't feel like it was a real hangout, and wait, I still have yet to meet Josh Dallas. I didn't know you met Jennifer Goodwin on the street. Yeah, so my first Comic-Con, I, uh, Laura and I, we had just met Jennifer Morrison for the first time because she was promoting her short, her short film that she, they had a panel for it, it was front row, got to meet her, and then Laura and I were failing to take uh, jumping pictures from our, like, excitement we couldn't get over, like, we just met her! And we're walking down the street to find food, and we pass by Jennifer Goodwin, and this is when she had purple hair for a little bit. <gasps> oh, that Comic-Con! Yes! She looked so good. She looked amazing, because the pictures at first were like, she has purple hair, that's kind of weird, but in person, it worked no. so well. It looked so good. Mm -hmm. I... I remember, and she had the black turtleneck. Yep. Yeah. So good. Well, actually, she was wearing a checkered shirt when we met, or dress when we met her, and the next day for the panel, she wore the black turtleneck, and it looked amazing. Oh, my gosh. And so, Laura was, like, I went like this to Laura. I was like, I think 
think we just passed Jennifer Goodwin. She bolts back and she was like, hi, can we take a picture with you? And I was like, I got it, I'll take the picture. And then we were able to switch and we told her, her hair looks great. You look, you're awesome. Was, was she friendly? She was super friendly. Oh. And she was just by herself? She was with her friend. So okay. they were just strolling, you know, in the midst of Comic-Con madness. And yeah, she was super friendly. Like the what I would hope for in meeting Jennifer Goodwin, who's basically Snow White, you know. What a dream. <sighs> it was a dream. And then I embarrassed myself meeting Colin the next day. Um, oh. Colin O'Donohue for those who don't know. Oh, um, I embarrassed myself when I met him as well. It was the most awkward encounter because mm-hmm. I was doing interviews for some sort of, I don't know what it was. It was like, um, it wasn't upfronts. It was just something like that. It was at the Beverly Hilton Hotel, mm-hmm. Beverly Hills Hotel. And I had a break because I was only interviewing people for a different network, not ABC. Mm-hmm. So I had about an hour break. And I sit down, and I see that there's a Once Upon a Time panel going on. Mm-hmm. And this is for season seven. Oh, wow. It wasn't for, it wasn't for the original okay. cast. So I see it, and I'm like, do I have an hour? Can I go to this panel? And they were like, yeah. So I go, and I sit down. Mm-hmm. And there are barely any people there, because I realized it wasn't an open panel. It was just for journalists. Oh. So <laughs> at the end of the panel, the moderator says, okay, now journalists can come up and ask their ask their questions Mm -hmm. and everyone around me is getting up and walking up on stage and I'm like okay I guess I'll walk up on stage Mm -hmm. I didn't ask anyone any questions but I was just standing there in front of Colin and Johnny who while everyone was asking him questions and I'm Mm -hmm. just like staring at him and and just I didn't I haven't met Colin O'Donoghue or seen him in person before this point He's a beautiful man. He's a very beautiful He's man. He's a very beautiful man. And I was just analyzing every pore on his face, mm-hmm. every freckle, you know, everything. Um, so then that was over and they all leave. And I'm thinking, I cannot leave without at least saying hi to him. So I'm waiting in the lobby and him and the actor who plays the new Henry. I don't know. Oh, shoot. Season seven, so. Well, it's done. The series is over. I didn't 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 commit to any of that. Well, that gentleman and and Colin were coming out of the bathroom, Mm -hmm. and these three girls are by me, and they scream the other guy's name, not Colin O'Donoghue. That's a travesty, first and foremost. They run up to Henry, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh my god, we love you, and poor Colin is standing there taking a photo of them. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So I go up to Colin and I'm like, hi, I love you on Once Upon a Time. Can I have a photo? And he's like, sure. We take a photo and that's it. Wow. I didn't get to say anything else. It was a, such a wasted opportunity. But I have the photo, so. Hey, the photo. Yeah. S- says it all. Yeah. You know, you got it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, mine was, he was leaving for the Comic-Con party that you're at, uh, the, no, the EW Comic-Con party. And um, I brought up the fact that the Nerd Headquarters uh, surprise interview happened. And I'm like, oh, man, I couldn't go to that. He's like, oh, darn. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I just want to drink right now. Um, which, if you've ever been to a Comic-Con or any yeah. convention, the actors go through a lot. And so when they get to party, they party hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I didn't care. I looked like an idiot in my picture. And then the next time I saw him again, I couldn't make eye contact with him. I was 
I was taking a dual picture with uh, Sean McGuire, and I made a beeline for Sean, like, Sean, this is what we're doing. Oh my Directing God. everything, because uh, that's when I did a heart, like, the heart oh, chain yes. picture. He's more approachable than Colin, I feel. I talk with Sean McGuire about Star Wars. That's my entire interactions with him is Star Wars related. It's not once upon a time, like, oh, you're a great actor, but, like, Star Wars. Oh. Which happens. Which is even better. I think so. Yeah. Because, like... I'm sure they get tired talking about, like, yeah, the role they did, and especially how we kind of got screwed over in the end. Like, I'm glad my memories are involved with beer and Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so with all of that, we're going to dive into some of the news that has happened this past week uh, in the world of fandom, um, and then we're going to talk about shipping. What the heck is that with my fellow shipper, uh... Yeah, it's going to be fun. So fun. And if you've enjoyed any of this so far, just get ready. It's going to get even better. Uh, so the news this past week, Incredibles 2 makes $180 million opening weekend domestically after 14 years since the first Incredibles movie. Amazing. I, I have a confession. I have not... I... I saw the the first Incredibles and did not like it. That's totally fine. Um, so I did not watch the Incredibles 2, but mm -hmm. I recently went to Disneyland mm -hmm. and Pixar Fest is going on right now. And I don't know if you've been to Disneyland recently. I have. Did you see the Pixar Fest parade? Yes. So after that, now I have an urge to watch The Incredibles and then The Incredibles 2, because I feel like maybe when I was younger, I don't know, when, around what time did that come out? What else was, like, Toy Story 3 was big, right? Was it after that? That was uh, way, Incredibles, the first one was way before that. Uh, that was in the era of, like, Finding Nemo, Ratatouille. Got um, it. I think Toy Story 2 had come out, like, 2000. Got it. Yeah. I think that... It was just an overload of Pixar movies when mm -hmm. Incredibles came out. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't into it. But now, as an adult, I feel like I'll have a much better appreciation for it. Oh, completely. Yeah. Um, I will say, the short film that they have before Incredibles 2 left me a crying mess. Is and it I, the, the one about the dumpling? Yes. I want to watch that. It is so good. And I was halfway through, I was like, this isn't fair. How dare you, Pixar? Why are you making me watch this before I'm watching, like, a superhero family movie? But that's what they do. That's what they do. Um, so for that alone, it's totally worth seeing Incredibles 2. Plus, I, so before I saw Incredibles 2 this past weekend, I did see Incredibles again. Mm -hmm. um, which it's amazing to see, like, how technology has advanced in 14 years. Like, the animation style is, like oh man, like, it just looks a little bit better, okay. I guess, in the newer one. Um, I personally think I like Incredibles, the original one, better, but what steals the movie for me with Incredibles 2, and I'm singing again tonight, Jack-Jack, the little baby, so adorable, he steals every scene that he's in, him and Edna Mode, uh, the yes. person who does the, the designer, movie. yep, with yeah. the bangs, their stuff together is priceless, and it's so good. I'm such a big fan of it. Um, I will say, the moment you find out a certain actress voices a character, 
at least for me, I was able to figure out what was about to happen. Oh, really? Um, yeah, which after you see it, we can have that discussion. I won't do spoilers right now, people, but Interesting. that as soon as I figured that out, I was like, oh, I know what's about to happen. So you here. didn't know going into it that the certain that this actress or actor was in the movie? I I briefly looked at the IMDB and I was like, oh, I know these people. I know this person. I know this person. And there's a couple of actors who play kind of shadier characters in either shows or movies. So oh. I had a suspicion about them going into the movie. And then once a certain plot point came up, I was like, oh, if if that person is the villain, then that makes so much sense. Got it. And it was. Okay. Um, so it was a little predictable in that way, but it's also a But kid. I feel like you're also just very intuitive, and you just, yeah. you know a lot. I just, I just know. And <laughs> I've watched a lot of movies. Yeah. I can kind of figure out things. So I like movies that end up surprising me more, or like, I didn't think they would do it that way, and I agree with that. Or like, oh, what was that, right. you know? But otherwise, yeah, Incredibles is worth seeing, so. Okay. Yeah. No, I am, I do want to watch it. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to something I think you're definitely going to see, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. I, hey, my boyfriend's going to hate me for saying this. Go for it. I was, I want to watch Jurassic World so bad, and he's not into it because he thinks it's stupid. Mm -hmm. He's like, what's the point of all these Jurassic Park movies? And I'm like, yeah, like, I I guess so, but I actually really want to see Jurassic World, Um, and he he would rather watch Will You Be My Neighbor, Mr. Rogers. I mean, Which, I just want to see it too. I want to see it too, but come on, it's Jurassic World. There's just so many things I love. I love Jurassic Park. I love all the Jurassic Park movies. I love the first Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. And Jeff freaking Goldblum is back. I don't know anything. I don't know any spoilers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he just makes a cameo. I don't know if he's a real character. I mean, obviously he's a real character, but I don't know. If yeah. He's, um, just in that one courtroom scene. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I'm planning on seeing it sometime this weekend. Oh my god. I'm actually, I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a fan of, such, this is nitpicking, but I wasn't a fan of how he said, life finds a way in the trailer. Yeah. Is that just me? I don't think that's just you. Um, I wasn't a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of when I saw him in the first trailer for Thor Ragnarok. Like, uh, it was like, what do we have here today? A contender. It's like, what in the world? But then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. Jeff Goldblum. So brilliant. I feel like he was too Jeff Goldblum in (laughs) Thor Ragnarok. I don't know if that's possible. It was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. They knew who they casted and they... They just took complete advantage of it. <laughs> they ran with it. Taika Waititi. Amazing, <laughs> amazing job. Uh, but um, how was it doing? So, I mean, I haven't seen the opening box office numbers for last night, but I know that so far it's kind of have a mixed review. It's 55% on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a dinosaur movie. I feel like movies like that, it's just enjoyable. You're going to go in and you're not going to regret seeing it. I feel like mm-hmm. people are building it up too much and they're comparing it to Jurassic Park, which it's not going to be a Jurassic Park. No. I don't think it's trying to be a Jurassic Park. I don't think so at this point. It's just trying to be an entertaining movie. Is this supposed to be the last one? 
No, they're going to do one more, and oh. Colin Trevorrow, or Trevorrow, however you say his last name, he is directing the next one. Um, Got it. He wrote the script for Fallen Kingdom, um, but yeah, he's returning to finish out, I guess, the trilogy of Jurassic World. Got it. Um, Everyone in their trilogies. I know, which, I'm, I, for some branches, I kind of prefer it, because it's like, it bookends, it's mm-hmm. short, sweet, to the point, it's not on for too long. But for certain stuff like Harry Potter, like they're based off of books, yeah. like they're gonna go on for that much longer, right. you know. Um, but yeah, trilogies is like the name of the game right now. Yeah. Some some, some trilogies shouldn't exist. Oh, but. of course. <laughs> I'm glad one trilogy is finally over. Um, the uh, Fifty Shades franchise or whatever. Why was that made again? I can happily say I went through life thus far not watching a single Fifty Shades movie. I haven't either, so uh, it's it's a glorious thing, I'd say. I wanted to because of Jamie Jordan. Mm-hmm, clearly. Um, once upon a time fans, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't like the clean cut um, face on him. I know. I like the beard. Yeah, the so, beard was like doing something for me. I'm sorry, know? is that shallow? I, I don't want to see the movie <laughs> solely on the fact that he doesn't have a beard. Kind of, but it's okay, because Fifty Shades wasn't all that great to begin with. So, okay, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Fallen Kingdom isn't having the best reviews, but what is uh, doing great right now review-wise is the, oh, the early reviews for Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, so last night there was a screening, uh, the first screening for Ant-Man and the Wasp for some journalists, and there's been nothing but positive reviews about it. Like, Marvel is three for three this year. Amazing. So, I love the first Ant-Man. I'm pretty geeked to see this movie. Um, yeah. I, you know what's funny is that I... I'm going to sound like such a poser, but I... I always liked Marvel movies, Um but I didn't end up watching all of them mm-hmm. until after Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So I actually went into Infinity War only seeing a handful of movies. I okay. saw like Iron Man two, Thor Ragnarok. I, I it was just That's such great. a it was just such a random mixture of Marvel movies that I saw. So mm-hmm. I was kind of kind of didn't understand certain Easter eggs that were going on in Infinity War, but okay. but I loved it regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Now, now knowing that um, Ant-Man's going to be in Infinity War 2, mm-hmm. I am so excited and cannot wait to see this movie. I think Paul Rudd is Paul, a great choice. Paul Rudd's a great choice, but Paul Rudd is like a, he ages like a fine wine. He looks better than what he did when he was in Clueless in the 90s. How is that possible? But, but what is he doing? But what... <laughs> But what is he made out of? I don't know. Please, like, what's what's the secret here? How is this possible? I'm so happy you said that because anytime the name Paul Rudd comes up, I always have to say, but he doesn't age. Yeah. I'm 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 just proud of him. You know, he went to Clueless to Phoebe's husband and friends. <laughs> you watch Friends. You watch yes, friends? yes, I watch Friends. And now he's Ant Man. I just, I'm so proud of him. I'm proud of him, too. And, like, also with, like, Chris Pratt as well. Like, he went from Andy Dwyer on Parks to now he's part of two huge blockbusters. Like, I, I, nothing but, like, love for the two of them. Yeah. And, yeah, like, 
I just think Ant-Man is that nice, it's the small fun movie that we as like Marvel fans need and especially after Infinity War like I'm so happy that this is the movie that they've chosen to have after that. As much as we want answers, what we want to know what's going to happen next, to have like that fun movie coming in to be like, okay. But uh, I will say, I'm just saying this, guys. Spoilers for Infinity War, but I think one of the post-credit scenes, one of them is getting dusted. In Ant-Man? Yeah. Really? Wait, when does, when does Ant-Man 2 take place? It takes place uh, after Civil War. So this is not Infinity War stuff. This okay. is uh, after the events of Cap breaking him out of the raft. Um, he goes under house arrest for like a couple years. And this is all pre-Infinity War. So I think in a post-credit scene, we're going to get caught up with Infinity War. There's going to be a scene happening and somebody's going to just go to dust. Oh my god. I know, I'm sorry I'm bringing this up. Ah, I got chills. Ah. I got chills. Like, it's gonna be a fun movie, but I also know Infinity War happened. Yeah. I would love to know that both of them were gonna be in Infinity War. Heck, like, what if something happens to Hank Pym? What happens to Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Janet, you know, and I'm just, oh my god. And then there's also Captain Marvel coming. Yes. Which I'm more excited for, actually, than Ant-Man 2. We should all be very excited for Captain Marvel. Um, we should all. <laughs> all of us should be. It's just everybody on the planet ever because now Wonder Woman came out and I like it. And I like that this is where we're moving forward from. I just hated that the ending just felt like a cut and paste ending from Captain America, the first Avenger. Because literally... An actor named Chris plays a guy named Steve, and he sacrifices himself, whatever. And it's very on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, DC. I'm going to be a little critical of you, but I love what you're doing with Wonder Woman. I don't understand how Chris Pine is coming back in Wonder Woman 1984. Like, the pictures for that make no sense is to it, me. What are the pictures? Is it a flashback, maybe? No, he's, like, in the 80s wearing a fanny pack. Maybe it's... I don't... I don't. I honestly don't know. I trust Patty Jenkins, but, like, I don't get that. But all that to say, Wonder Woman is getting us in the right place for, like, female-led superhero movies, but now this is the Marvel version, mm-hmm. and I just trust Marvel implicitly. They got Brie Larson in on this, Jude Law, um, Ben Mendelsohn is a villain in this. You've got the Kree and Scroll Wars happening. Nick Fury with both of his eyes. <laughs> with both, both of his, his eyes. eyes. It's just, it's setting up, they're setting up this movie so well to succeed. And it, in the same way that Black Panther couldn't fail, Captain Marvel cannot fail. Like, there's just too much, like, there's just so much representation happening in this that like, we need this. <laughs> and I think because of the end credit scene of Infinity War, now that now that we know that she's going to come in and save the day in Infinity War 2, I think now more people are going to be fun to watch it. Of course. They need to know who's coming in. Yeah, what's that symbol mean? Like, where has she been this whole time? Yeah. And how is she going to be integral to defeating Thanos and setting things right again or if they do it all like there's just so much speculating marvel is 
they're just so smart. They know what they're doing. They are. They are. That's why, like, DC, please get it together. And I have lost faith in DC. I honestly, just visually, mm-hmm. DC is too dark for me. It yeah. honestly seems like they turned turned up the contrast and down the saturation on all their movies, and it's too much. It is. What I will say, I think the only reason DC, I will always hold a little bit of hope for them, is because of Batman. Batman's my favorite. Dark Knight? Oh my gosh, yeah, the Dark Knight is my favorite. He's grown on me. I like him more than what I thought I, like, I was going to write him off, but in Batman v Superman, his stuff was, like, the stuff that saved it for me, except for the whole... Martha, why'd you say that name? It's <laughs> stupid. But that's a testament to the story, not necessarily his character. Um, but he's been so wishy-washy about if he's going to be Batman or not. At this point, I don't need him to be Batman anymore. I just need to know that there's another Batman movie happening, which there is. Matt Reeves is connected to the Batman. That's a movie that's supposed to be coming out. And I want them to make it, because I love Matt Reeves because of the Planet of the Apes movies. Planet of the Apes. Oh my goodness. <sighs> I love all Planet of the Apes. Anything related to Planet of the Apes, which not all people know about me, but there's a place in my heart. That's so Planet. great. Yeah. Love Planet of the Apes. Which is, what? Uh, what is your favorite, like, Planet of the Apes movie? Well, if you had to pick one or two. Well, actually, I prefer the original Planet of the Apes movies. Mm-hmm. Like, that is where my love came from. But mm-hmm. if I had to pick, um, and then with the original ones, I, I like one and three. Okay. Which is the original Planet of the Apes and then Return of the Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Um, if I had to pick one from the new franchise, um, I think I like the last one mm-hmm. with Woody Harrelson. What's that one called? It's again? called War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes. That was really well done. It was so well done. Yeah, I think that one would be my favorite. It was so funny. Like, that was the year, so last year when that came out, it was that and Logan came out that year, which is, I love Logan. I will never stop raving about how good of a movie that is. They both have, like, similar themes happening in it. I think I have, like, a type for the old Western feel of, like, this is my last rodeo, (laughs) and I'm going to die at the end. This is my last rodeo. Well, it's been a good run. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. I, I love playing of the Apes. I'm glad that you do, too. Yes, I do. So we're going to move on to our, kind of our last story, and it's kind of a weird thing. This is a rumor right now um, with Lucasfilm that because of Solo and the underwhelming performance it did at the box office, there's a rumor that all the spin-off movies that Lucasfilm was planning is kind of being put on hold right now mm-hmm. and the focus is going to be just finishing episode 9 which to me that sounds like a DC decision it's very reactionary of like the box office and they're like oh my gosh people don't like it i'm just we just got to put the uh put on the brakes see what happens you know and like just not try anything new and that would be heartbreaking but this is also a rumor, too. So nothing's been confirmed, but where there's smoke, there's fire. So I'm. Wh- what are you, what do you think about all of this? I think that there should... I don't, I don't think that they should have agreed to, to do a spinoff to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think it's oversaturated, too much Star Wars. 
it's losing the value. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it makes Star Wars special anymore if you if it's so accessible, if it's everywhere, if you're just like putting a bunch of movies out there every single year. Do you think that because Last Jedi came out in December and Solo came out in May, that because they were too close, that had something to do with it? Or if it was still, like, in December one a year, is that still too much for us? Um, now that you put it that way, I feel like because because um, Last Jedi came out in December and Solo mm-hmm. came out in May, maybe that's why it feels like too much Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like one a year is fine, but mm-hmm. then that, that would mean that episode nine would have to come out like two years after Last Jedi, mm-hmm. right? Which that's what's happening. Um, cause the next movie we get is episode nine and it's December, 2019. So we're going right, to, we're in right. this prolonged hiatus now of there's no Star Wars movie until then. Right. Um, I think that, I think that they should put the spinoffs on hold mm-hmm. because I just think like it's too much. Mm-hmm. That's just me. I don't have an interest of watching the spinoff movies because it's too much for me. And mm-hmm. I also genuinely, this sound. I just genuinely don't care about the Star Wars universe if the Skywalkers aren't in it. If there's no Force, mm-hmm. if there's no, mm-hmm. you know, I. That is what drew me into Star Wars. That mm-hmm. story. So yeah. now if you're just re, if you're gonna put out a whole new series, I mm-hmm. feel like. You shouldn't even associate yourself with Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my opinion. Gotcha. What do you think? I, so I love Star Wars. Um, I haven't explored as much as, like, the ancillary stuff that's been out there as much, like Clone Wars, the animated series, uh, Rebels that just finished. I haven't watched any of that. I haven't read any of the comic books. I've read a couple of the books recently. I really enjoy Rogue One, and Solo surprised me. Um, I, I want them to do more stuff. I really love the force as well. That's stuff that like I care about. Um, but I do like hearing these ancillary stories if they're done well and it's not, I'm just not a fan of the idea of a Boba Fett movie. See, I would rather watch a Boba Fett movie, a, um, a Boba Fett movie, a solo movie, Rogue One, as opposed to a whole new set of characters. Because yeah. then you're still relating back to the Skywalkers, back to the Force. Yeah. Um, an Obi-Wan movie, I would be more excited for that. That's what I'm waiting to hear. That's the one movie where I want this movie to happen so badly. And it kind of, so a few weeks ago, they announced that the Boba Fett movie was going to be directed by James Mangold, potentially, who did Logan. And I was like, he is the perfect director for Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan's out. It would take place between episode three and episode four. He's out in the desert. He's clearly doing other stuff, and he's trying to grapple with life without the Jedi, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Mangold would play into that way more. He's proven himself to be a director who can tap into that, and yeah, so I want that movie to happen. Boba Fett, I just feel like he's just one character when you can have, like, a world of bounty hunters. I would be more interested in seeing that. Um, But at the end of the day, like, I understand the whole, wow, 
text message came through my earphones. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I'm deaf. I'm deaf now. Um, I understand the thing about oversaturation, but I think it's kind of cool that there are different corners of the galaxy that if you're not into what's happening in the Sokka movies, you have a new animated series in The Resistance. You may not be a fan of Solo, but here comes episode nine coming later, and then Jon Favreau's live action series that he's doing for Disney's streaming service coming out most likely next year. So I like that there are options for fans because there was none for so long. But I do think like with so much, like it does start to lose value. Mm -hmm. We have more to criticize and which, speaking of which, I'm just going to jump right into this. There are some idiots on Twitter, and I'm calling you out as idiots. I'm not even going to say, like, your handle or whatever. You know who I'm talking about. You know who you are. You know who you are. So there are some idiots online who have tweeted saying to Disney and Bob Iger, Hi, our team of producers are ready to fully fund a remaking of The Last Jedi. We're willing to talk in order to save Star Wars. But that's not how life works. <laughs> you can't just do that. You, I mean, while we're at it, can we can we update the prequels because those were garbage? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm sure the original trilogy can do a a job as well. Like, let's just remake everything while we're at it. But who's who's funding this? Are they gonna get the same actors? What are they What are they remaking? Are the, what's good? What I know. What are the, how are they going to get everyone involved? Because I'm sorry, episode nine is about to start shooting. They're not going to have time for this BS. And why is it that when you don't like something, you think that remaking it in your vision is going to make something better? Just because you have different ideas doesn't mean like... I'm just curious as to who these people are, how they think this is going to play out. They have they're serious. A, they're serious. They have a page for people to donate to this fund. And they're tagging Mark Hamill? They're tagging Mark Hamill. They're tagging Bob Iger, Disney, Ryan Johnson, who, Ryan Johnson, you are a national treasure. Thank you for being a pro in all of this. He quote retweets them saying, please, 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 oh my gosh, please make this happen. Stop. I love oh. you, Ryan. Oh my gosh. Um, and then uh, Billy Lord, uh, Carrie Fisher's daughter, she saw it too, and she's a private page apparently, and mm -hmm. she said, okay, only if all of the lightsaber noises turn into Owen Wilson's. Wow. 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 You know what? If that's a fan video out there one day, which actually I think, I think it is. It is. Yeah. So you're just kind of ripping off someone else's idea, but whatever. Like, I get it. Like, there are, criti there are criticisms around The Last Jedi. Not everyone liked the decisions that they made. However, I personally love what they did with it. I, we haven't talked about this. No, yet. we haven't. We haven't talked about The Last Jedi. Why haven't we? Um brilliant I bawled like a baby yes I left the theater and I was crying and I actually said out loud what a time to be alive <laughs> that's amazing what a time to be alive I think I was obviously very upset with Luke Skywalker dying mm -hmm. obviously 
but I think it was done so beautifully. I know that people were upset. Maybe this is why they want to redo it. The whole him um, fighting the Kylo. Yeah, or... and he's not really there. Mm. I think people thought that was stupid. I it was brilliant. I thought it was so brilliant. My boyfriend and I watched it, and I remember after we were having a huge debate because mm-hmm. he thought that was just nuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no. I think it just proves how strong of a Jedi he is. Oh, yeah. They're like, yeah, but such a cop-out, he's not even there. Like, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. And, like, yes, I'm, I had a theory going into it. Like, he's going to ignite the green lightsaber. It's going to be great. It, it, but they set it up so well. Like, when Ray and Kylo had their first, like, Skype talk or whatever, Force talk or whatever, he's like, the effort alone would kill you. Yes. And then to see... Luke fight the way that he does. It's so good. It's so great. And then he's the final image of him seeing the two... The two suns, suns. or two, two moons, whatever. Yeah. Um, I lost it. Just the fact that he was there, he was alone, he was at peace. He finally did the last thing he needed to do. He, be, he became the legend the galaxy needed in order to believe in the new rebellion. <laughs> I'm actually crying. Um, and when Yoda came back, that may be one of my favorite Yoda scenes ever. Can we swear? Can we swear on this? Yeah. Fuck me up. <laughs> it was. <gasps> oh my gosh. It was so good. Like seeing him back in a puppet form, and he called him Young Skywalker. Skywalker. And from the Force, he. he but I used lightning to ca- uh, catch a forest tree on fire and was still schooling Luke. Like, there's still. still so much that he needs to learn. Like, failure is part of the process. When he said that, I was like, this is what make this is the linchpin of the movie for me. Seeing that this is a movie about failure and what you do in the face of it. And for Yoda to bop him on the head and say, you may have failed now, but you can still teach from this. Like, your failure is part of the process. And it's so crazy how just that scene alone, because obviously now we look at Luke Skywalker, we see him as, we see him as an Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. He's old man, just visually that's what we think. But mm-hmm. in that one scene alone, it actually just takes you back to the original trilogy in a way that, like, no other scene can. And you really just you remember Dagobah. You just you just remember it, and it makes you so emotional just looking at the whole journey. Oh, so well done! It it kills me. Did that, you did you see it coming? Sorry, back to the fighting scene mm-hmm. and him not really being there. Did you see that coming? I did not see it coming. No, I didn't see it coming. But I did notice when they did. You know, like you see him like brush his foot in the salt there's no mark it was like huh what's that about and then when he ignited the lightsaber i was like it's gonna be green it's gonna be green it wasn't green it was blue i'm like oh oh, okay and i didn't put into two together that that lightsaber was just destroyed like how could he have that again oh right so then when it became clear like um as he was like walking up to him like it's not gonna be, he's not gonna be there. He's not gonna be there. Oh shoot, he's not there. <laughs> and then he's like showing all the strength on his face as he's yeah. like floating in that the sky. Scene, oh my god, and he's sweating and his mm-hmm. eyes are closed. 
so concentrated. So like, good. So good. I actually noticed something was up when he first came in mm-hmm. the cave. And I was he like nice and Yeah, I'm like, did he get a did he dye his hair and like mm-hmm. cut his beard? What <laughs> Yeah. And like his conversation with Leia and like when he kissed her, I think that's when he like she knew it's he fine. wasn't there. And oh my god, it no, got me what emotional. Was, what was the line that no there no one's ever really gone? R.I.P. Carrie Fisher. Oh my gosh, Carrie. Was... Oh my god, it's so good. I'm actually tearing up right now. This is nuts. The power of a good movie, guys. Um, um man, just that scene and then when C3PO sees him, he's like, Master Luke, and he gives him a wink. Oh, oh my god. <sighs> no, even the scene where I don't know, do you like Kevin Smith? Yeah. Um, he did a review of uh, the Last Jedi, which I think was brilliant. I didn't think everyone should listen to it. Just I watched mo. I listened slash watched most of it. I was at work, so I couldn't fully like dive in the way that I normally do with his stuff. But he talks about the scene where R two D two projects Princess Leia. Some people think that might have been like too much. Like, let's really take them back. But I think that was perfect. I think so too. <sighs> that was a moment that it brought it full circle for his story. Yeah. Like, when we first met him and he saw that message, he was an eager young kid wanting to, like, who is she? She's beautiful. To uh, the weight of, that's my sister. She needs me now. I failed her with her son. But this, like, it brought it back home for him. Mm-hmm. And that that was the moment of joy that we saw from him only briefly was when he saw R2 was like, oh, I've missed you, buddy. I've watched the language. Like, oh, that God, moment. So good. Um, sorry. I know we do have other stuff to talk about, but one more thing. Okay. Do you think Ray and Kylo Ren are brother and sister? Do you think she's a Kenobi? Uh, okay. Because last time we talked about this was after um, Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. And so, we didn't talk since. We haven't talked since. So now, uh, here's what I think. I like that she's a nobody. I am on board with her coming from nothing, and um, but that shows that somebody can come from nowhere, and people, like, somebody's can be sucky people, a.k.a. Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Like, he had the best parents. He had heroes for parents, and he became, like, the dark version of himself. Right. Whereas her parents were the lowest of low, like, abandoning her for drinking water, but she is she holds on to the light so much because like otherwise she would cave in on herself, mm-hmm. you know. And so for me, I mean, I'd love to find out that she's still the granddaughter of Obi Wan Kenobi. But at this point, I don't care because I just think that has more of a message than anything. And here's what I think because I'm pretty sure JJ is writing out. Leia, well, like, we're, I would like to open up at her funeral. I know that's morbid, but okay. hear me out. And we find out that she adopted Ray, and she's carrying on the name <gasps> Organa, carrying oh. that line. I think that would be the best way, because she lost her son, but she has now gained a daughter, daughter. to carry on. And, oh my gosh, carry on. I'm about to start oh my now. god! Wow. Yeah. Never thought about that. Brilliant. 
I, JJ, don't fail me, man. JJ, hear me wherever you are. Wherever you are, I'm sure you're in London getting ready to shoot episode <laughs> nine, but like, seriously, man, I, I don't want you to retcon her being from nowhere, but instead, cementing that she is somebody and she is loved, she is known by people yeah. who care about her and build her up in the same, like, I'm going to bring this up in the shipping section. But the scene where Poe officially meets Ray, there is something there. There is something there. And he, when he uh, introduces himself, she's like, I'm Ray. And he's like, I, I know. know. Which one, double entendre for Han Solo line right there. Mm -hmm. But two, it is an affirmation to her that people know who she is and they genuinely care about her. Mm -hmm. And it's not to use her. It's... I know who you are, mm -hmm. and you are seen and you are known. And to me, that gets me giddy. That, like, lights my fire. Oh, my gosh. I just, like, I just think Ray can only go up from here. And, yes, I, I totally ship Poe Dameron. It's odd because I Ray. ship, I equally ship Poe and Ray and Poe and Kylo. Poe and Kylo. <laughs> Sorry, Brad. Shoot. Ray and Kylo. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I ship them there. I've said it. <laughs> it's the one ship that I like. It as far that's as why, ships in the past. That's why Luke stopped them. He's like, don't fuck your sister. Trust me. I know. That would be so great. Um speaking from experience, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, Okay, I it just would be weird. I don't know. Anyways. Let's, let's just let's, get into let's shipping. Let's get into shipping. Okay, so for the last part of the show, we are going on pretty long, but that's okay because this is great. Um, let's talk shipping. Um, so for many, or for those who know and those who don't know, shipping is a fandom term that basically means, like, if you support a romantic relationship usually sometimes it's friendships as well and bro tps and whatever but mm -hmm. like shipping is like oh i support this uh how do you describe shipping to people well i just say it's when you want two people to be together mm -hmm. um yeah that's just like essentially what it is you ship them mm -hmm. you want them to be in a relationship ship. yeah yeah it's like i support the ship yeah and then sometimes i'm like i don't just ship that i fedex that oh you know? oh that I luxury cruise that yeah <laughs> love it oh my gosh but seriously some of them it's like it's not just like a, oh I want them together but it's like I really want yes. them together yes um ships can get a little messy too but so what was your first ship do you like yeah as far as like being a fan of stuff so my first ship not a lot of people are going to know this um but I used to watch an old TV show from the 70s, 80s, called Three's Company. Mm -hmm. um, have you heard of it? Yeah, I know Three's Company. Okay, so I would watch that a lot. My dad would tape it on VHS for me, and I would just rewatch it. So there's a couple there, not canon. They never get together. Mm -hmm. Jack and Janet. Mm -hmm. um, they're roommates. So the show is essentially about three roommates. Yeah. And two guys and a girl. And the blonde roommate... <laughs> Suzanne Summers is originally her. Yeah. So she gets replaced like twice. Oh wow. So they go through two different roommates in the span of the eight seasons mm -hmm. and Jack and Janet have always stayed together in the apartment and mm -hmm. I just always watch them waiting for them to get together mm -hmm. and I think that's when shipping started for me. So I was like 
upset when they didn't get together. Okay. I didn't realize I was shipping anything at the time because I was probably 10 years old, mm-hmm. but they were my first ship. Got it. Um, and then, you know, it just went downhill from there. Of course. It always does. And I cannot watch anything without shipping. I can't watch a show without shipping anyone. Mm-hmm. It's just impossible. It's just the nature of my The nature being. of the beast. Yeah. Yeah, for me, I was, it was reading um, Harry Potter mm-hmm. and... Hermione and Harry. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Sorry, guys. I wasn't shipping Hermione and Ron until, like, the movies happened. And even then, that was, like, further down the road. But, like... Harry and Hermione, especially in The Prisoner of Azkaban, and how it ends. Like, she gives him, like, a kiss on the cheek or something, and you're like... And even in the movie, there's that scene where they're in the curtain, two sides of the curtain. And Goblet of Fire. Yes. Like... And then he, she comes down in the ball dra- the ball gown, and he notices her, and he's like just stunned, you know. And he's not a jerk. Oh my gosh! Like how wrong was after that, and that's how he like dealt with. Anyways, I was shipping them before I knew what shipping was, and like I always wanted the two of them to get together. And then when J.K. Rowling made it very clear that it was going to be Hermione and Ron, I was like. And then I started buying that more and more. And so that became, that ended up being a ship for me. But then years later, she was like, it was supposed to be here. I'm like, I knew it. Wait, she said that? She said that. What happened? So apparently it was something to do with like her friends. What? I know. Her friends? Her stupid friends? (laughs) Her stupid friends. Um, And also Ginny and Harry. The least shippable characters ever. Seriously, like, that should have been an... Anybody, like, Harry's with should be a no-brainer. Like, we should just like them. But Harry and Ginny just doesn't make sense. Besides, like, I know it's cute. Like, they're all big one happy family now. Fine. But it just doesn't work the same way. No. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, I mentioned at the beginning, we... Got to know each other because of shipping on Twitter uh, through the Once Upon a Time fandom. Mm-hmm. And at the time, we were hardcore Captain Swan shippers, a.k.a. Emma Swan and Captain Hook together. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the few ships that actually made it yeah. on that show. You know? Yeah. And in life. And in life. It's, like, just, it's hard to find a ship that actually stays together mm-hmm. um, towards the end of the series. So Yeah, it, I mean, it had me really scared, especially in season six, because I'm like, okay, they're together, they're in a relationship, how are they going to, like, mess this up? Yeah. You know, because it doesn't make for good drama to have couples together normally. Exactly. And, but I'm so glad that they did. They got married. They had a kid. Oh. A little girl named Hope. Come on. <laughs> I didn't watch anything at the final season but I did find the YouTube clip so did I and watched it and I was like man brought back the memories also I I don't know we may we may have watched the same clip with (laughs) Regina's ceremony I had no idea what the heck was going on nope no context for anything why were there two Henry's serious like how in the world do they even exist at the same time (laughs) (sighs) I was just like thank god I left this because I would have yeah had a hernia or something. Seriously, I've been like, what crazy pills are you taking right yeah. now, writers? Yeah. But I'm happy that we saw them together one more time 
clearly with like all the love in their eyes, you yeah. know, that, that brought me back. I was like, this is why I shift you for as long as I did. Yes. And you were one of my OTPs. Did it kind of make you want to rewatch the series A little again? bit, yeah. yeah. That's how I felt as well. <sighs> I just want to like go back and like see their story again. Yeah. And it's a lot to get into. It is so much. Emotionally, you know. <laughs> Plot wise and emotionally, there's yeah. just stuff yeah. happening. Yeah. But yeah, uh, who are you shipping these days? Who am I shipping these days? Um, I mostly ship myself with Jeff Goldblum or Liam Neeson. <laughs> and Liam Neeson? And Liam Neeson. Yes. Um, it's just a mix of old men. Yes. It's, it's That's my type. I like older go. men. You there know? you go. That's just how it is. Um, who am I shipping these days? I... Well, I clearly ship- you're shipping, like... Poe and Ray and Kylo and Ray in yes. Star Wars. Yes, I yes I do ship them. It's funny because all my ships, the shows are over now. I don't have any active mm-hmm. ships. Um, I'm part of like active fandoms, but like shipping, like I'll always ship. Obviously, like Ross and Rachel. Mm-hmm. I ship like Corey and Topanga. Of course. Um, ugh, do you watch Smallville? Did you? Did I you did watch not Smallville? watch Smallville. Clark and Lana is up there as well. Um, but yes, I ship. I don't know. I honestly, I think I ship Kylo and Ray more than I do Poe and Ray. Okay. What are your thoughts? Who are your ships? Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it's weird. Like, I don't have as many, like, active ships currently. Because, um, like, yes, I will always ship Jim and Pam and uh, basically every couple from Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. Just incredible. Um, I uh, Hardcore, I pretty much ship... Uh, Poe and Ray together. I've been shipping them since The Force Awakens, and they shared no scenes together in the movie. I didn't care. Um, just BB-8 and their similarities. I'm like, oh my god, that could be like their dog. It'd be like their little, like their child, essentially. Because BB-8 is basically a child, and then when Poe, when like Ray, and not Ray, Rose and Finn show up, he's like, you're alive, but where's my droid? Yeah. No, like, that true. scene alone, I was like, he's really, he's Imagine them taking Christmas photos together and putting, like, are they all of, like, ugly Christmas sweaters and they put little, like, reindeer ears on, on BB-8? BB-8? <laughs> I die. Actually, I think I've seen that somewhere. I'm like, <laughs> love it. Um, I don't, I, as much as, like, it makes, I, I hear everyone, uh, the scenes between Ray and Kylo, there's a lot of tension there, fine. I just, I like them fighting together. I liked them coming together for that scene. That was a great scene. It's a great scene. Like, I will never deny that. Yeah. But also when he says, you're nothing. You're nothing. You come from nothing. Exactly. <laughs> Whoa. And now, and then he was like, but not to me. I was like, okay, so that's kind of like abusive. Abusive. Yeah. Nature. And so that's why I was like pretty anti that. And you know what? In the theater, get this. I'm, I'm pretty on board with him being a villain. I've been that way since day one. So... Halfway through The Last Jedi, seeing it for the first time, when he got to the throne room scene, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's about to be a hero. I hate this! And then they fight, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was amazing. But now he's a good guy. And then he switched back, and I'm like, oh, you just made a better villain. Yeah. You just made a better villain. better villain. In my eyes. And I just think that Rey has been through so much crap in her life. Like, she... She deserves some light and not someone who's going to tempt her to go back and forth. But so many ships, like, out there kind of play on, like, the dark side, I guess, too. And I understand that to a degree, but I also think, like, 
it's also kind of easy. Mm. It kind of makes, like, in the same way I feel about, like, Finn and Ray. If they if they were to get together, it'd be like, that's kind that's of easy. easy. Yeah. Whereas, um, like, Hux and Kylo. Hux and Kylo. Like, <laughs> I'd, I'd be down. I, I'd be down for that, too, honestly. And they kind of have a, they have an interesting back and forth. So yeah. I, like, and I've seen that, like, on fan fiction websites. Like, there's a lot of, like, Kylo Hux. Yeah. Uh, slasher fic out yeah. there. Um, and there's a lot of Kylo Ray stuff, because they do relate to each other in a way with the Force. But I also think, like, they're... Yeah, he's a bit more abusive and just like he's childish or she's not. Mm. And uh, I want, well, one, Ray doesn't have to be in a relationship, period. She doesn't have to be. This is just fun on my own. But I do think taking away like romance out of like these new characters is kind of demeaning to the original trilogy. Because yes, we were burned by romance in the prequels. I still ship. Oh, Luke Pat. And, Luke and Leia. Oh, you do? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, like, that was, but you cared about these characters, and they didn't shy away from, like, sexual tension and romance. Like, yeah. even I if you. I think that's something that this uh, trilogy is lacking. Which I thought, like, yeah, it lacked in The Force Awakens, whereas <laughs> Ryan went to The Last Jedi, and, like, if you ship anything, you get a scene. You get a scene. You all get scenes for all of your internet ships. You're welcome. Because they had great scenes between Kylo and Hux. They had scenes between Poe and Finn. Yeah. Kylo and Ray. Ray you and Poe. You get a scene. You get a scene. Even for the Poleia shippers oh out there, God. which that that's basically his second, like her second child. I'm sorry. Are there Poleia shippers? Either it must be. There's Poe Holdo shippers is out that, there. Is that what we call a crack ship? No, it's not. Um, That's... Guys, there's just a whole world of ships. There are. Um, <laughs> and there are, there's a pretty side and there's an ugly side to, like, what you ship. So, while there's been great things that have come out of fangirling and shipping, like, obviously we've become friends and we can get, be giddy and excited about things that have happened, there's also a thing called Ship Wars online, mm-hmm. and it is ugly, it is as bad as, well, the crap that's been going on in Star Wars recently, but it's about fictional fictional characters and uh, relationships. Um, <sighs> do you want to speak on anything about the Honestly, those days? Ship Wars? There was, they can get so bad, I actually felt, I felt attacked and bullied. As a, as an adult. Yeah. Um, and it's really sad because, you know, I feel like a lot of these people are probably 14 years old. Mm-hmm. The ones that are actually, like, so aggressive. Or actually, maybe that's not true. I think they're, maybe they're middle-aged people. Like, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. But, I mean, you obviously just have the confidence behind a screen. So, um, but the thing is, so I'm the first person to say that, like, when you ship someone, you're very passionate about it. Oh, yeah. And that's, like, the bad thing, because if someone doesn't agree with your ship, they will attack you. Prime example, can we say? Can we say the ship? Oh, my gosh, yeah, let's do it. So, Swan Queen. <laughs> um, hey, guys. Hi. What's up? <laughs> um, that's a certain ship in the Once Upon a Time fandom, and they specifically don't come after people who, who ship Captain Swan, but they come after people who sh- ship Colliver. Mm-hmm. Um, which I agree is like, you know, no one should like seriously, seriously ship. So 
um, there are also ships when you ship real people. Real people, like the actors. The actors, which is natural because if you are so invested in the fictional characters, you the know, next thing over is like, oh my gosh, they're stuffed together. Like outside of the show, they're so adorable together. Oh, I kind of ship that. Yes. Um, so I have lightly said that I like I ship the actors who play Captain Swan and um, Captain Swan. Yeah, the actors who yeah. are Captain Swan um, ship. And it wasn't serious. It was more so a video where I'm like, yeah, they, they'd be cute together. Um, mm-hmm. And people just came out of the woodworks. And I didn't even know that many people watched our video. And just like attacked me, mm-hmm. attacked, found me on Facebook, attacked oh, my like, personal Twitter, just saying like, you should be ashamed of yourself. What kind of person are you? Like, how oh can goodness. you even, how do you even have a job? Like the people you work with should know the kind of person you are. Like they're nuts. Um, so I feel like, and the thing is, is like, I have friends in other fandoms. So I have mm-hmm. a friend, you met Candace. Yes. She's in the X-Files fandom. Mm-hmm. And like, if she ships Jillian Anderson with someone else other than, I don't even know the names of these characters, but, yeah. like, that main couple, mm-hmm. like, they will just attack her. And it's actually quite scary, especially on Twitter. I think that's where it all happens mm-hmm. because you just can't say anything freely. Yeah. Like, how are these people finding your tweets? And how come, How why do they just attack you? It doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Um, I had somebody the other day about, like, my opinions on like Star Wars just attack me and say those were garbage like how could you like think that way and it's like where did you even find this tweet like you don't follow me what gives and even when I was doing once upon a time stuff um I was very vocal about like I'm not the biggest fan of like real life ships or whatever Mm -hmm. between actors but like with our fictional the fictional ones like I thought Swan Queen just like just jump into my mentions every now and then. I'm like, where did you come from? Yeah. And you know what? I'm going to say this. This is not indicative of the entire fandom, but I did go to a com- to a convention in San Jose to meet Lana was there and Rebecca Mater, and there were a whole bunch of Swan Queen shippers naturally because Lana Priya was there, and that's their queen. I get it. But it got to the point where, like, they were having open conversation about, like, Jennifer Morrison's, like, sexuality. Like, what? she just needs to come out of the closet. And, like, I'd slap on his ass if I could and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, my God. Do you hear yourself right yeah. now? Like, how old are you? What? What? What are you? What are you doing right now? Yeah. And... That was really off-putting for me to see, like, it's not, sometimes, yes, like, most of it is on Twitter, but then to be around different fans that, like, in, like, person are, like, saying this stuff, and then I mentioned, like, I ship Captain Swan and their faces just, like, drained, and I was like, we don't want anything to do with you. Yeah, I'm gonna go bye. (laughs) That's the thing about just being, like, fandom culture some people just don't understand, like, mm-hmm. if you're, like, really immersed in a fandom, because there are people I work with, you know, they're like, yeah, I like Star Wars, but it's like, mm-hmm. you don't know, oh, it, like, yeah. you're not, if you're not in a fandom, like, it's just a whole different culture, mm-hmm. and people, like, they really know a lot about the actors, like, they do, they know a lot about the actors, they know a lot about, like, the writers, like, they know a lot of background stuff that not 
a normal fan would. Exactly. So it just makes you feel like you just feel more entitled because you feel like you know, know them. Yeah, you feel like you know them and know more. you're more knowledgeable about all this other stuff, so therefore, like, a kind of have hierarchy or whatever. Exactly. And I'm so against that in fandom. Like, we are creating hierarchies out of just, like, knowing other extra stuff. Or even in, like, shipping, it's like, oh, like, I know this, this, and this. And I've met them a couple of times. Therefore, like, my words mean more than your words or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of heartbreaking yeah. I just don't, I don't understand how people can be that way, but there are plenty of fans like that. And I mean, clearly like the fanboys who want to remake The Last Jedi is over <sighs> because they think they know the material better yeah. than the people involved doing this, yeah. which I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so much that goes into making a movie and storytelling. And honestly, like the more we keep doing the same stuff over and over again, Stuff is going to die out. Mm-hmm. You have to do new stuff. And in relationships, too. Like, that's why it's really hard. Like, it's very rare to see couples actually stay together the whole way through. Because in drama, it makes more sense for them to, like, break up and maybe come back together again yeah. later. Um, it's just, like, the push and pull of that. And it's it's great, but it's also, like, heart-wrenching and angsty and... But sometimes that's what that's what runs a ship. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there are ships that like literally they breathe the same air and they've never shown romantic interest and it's like they're gonna be together forever. Oh my gosh! Oh, and, I had that. I had that with Glee. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch Glee? I watched a couple of episodes. That's about it. Yeah i I shipped I shipped a couple on Glee. Puck and Rachel. He's dead now. He's the guy that killed himself because he's a. Oh wow pedophile yeah which is very sad but it is actually um, sad I they had one episode together in season one where they briefly dated and I Mm -hmm. shipped them for like the rest of the seven seasons nothing else didn't get anything else but like Mm -hmm. you create your own and then you live off fan fiction oh my gosh that's what you gotta do fan fiction is what keeps like fan and ships running yeah like because before the last jedi with poe and ray stuff there's nothing out there. There was a paragraph in the novelization of the book, but no one ever believed it. Like, for me, I would always be like, oh, yeah, I ship them so much. They didn't share a scene together. Trust me, they're going to get together. And then I found fan fiction. I'm like, look at this. They're exploring, like, the characteristics and, like, why, like, it just organically worked together. And that's what I was living off of. Post Last Jedi, there's a new fanfic every single day that's posted about them. And I'm like... This stuff keeps me alive. I think fan fiction is also why people get so worked up. Oh, yeah. When the movie comes out and a couple isn't together. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine, like, the good old days back in the 70s when people would just watch the movie for what it was. And if, like, if Luke and Leia were brother and sister, they are like, oh, well. Yeah. Whereas now, oh, my God, you would see a fucking riot. Oh, Yeah. And, I mean, you find all the fan fiction on it, yeah. so you just, like, live off of that, like, how did the writers miss their obvious chemistry, and blah, 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 <laughs> like, oh my gosh. But it's so funny, it's so true, if they breathe the same air, air. if they look at each, each other, other moment. one look, yes, moment. moment for the episode, it makes it worth going. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, I back in the day, like, in season two, and even, you know, season two of Once Upon a Time, with... Emma and Hook, when people, I started noticing they were starting to ship them, I'm like, 
oh, they exchanged a look. Yeah. And apparently that was, like, moments. But then, like, opening episode for season three, the exchange between the two of them, I was like, they're so getting together. They're it's like, like, they're not even hiding it. <laughs> and they do. That, that kiss. That, that kiss. kiss. You're like, that's in it for the long haul. I don't like, think I've ever been so aroused by a <laughs> network like, show like this. Yeah. Oh, man. Um... Oh, you know another ship I'm thinking of that I like? Uh, Donna and Harvey on Suits. I'm oh, obsessed with Oh, I don't them. watch Suits. Suits is great. And that's where I knew about Meghan Markle before got the whole, it. like, royal wedding stuff got happened. Got it, got it. I, I ship them, and the, and the showrunner is such a jerk to fans <laughs> about the two of them, even though they're so obviously going to get together at one point. Like, oh stop messing with us. Um, and then Bughead on Riverdale. Oh, yes. I think it's two oh, and, together. Yes, and Phallus on Riverdale. Oh, my gosh. It's just Phallus. It's FP, uh, Jughead's dad, and, um... Betty's mom. Betty's mom, Alice. Oh. They are heated. There is, oh. like... They're the ones that, like, just, like, the touch of the hand moment. Got it. Do you watch Younger? I've watched part of Younger. I've gotten into it. Got it. Um, but the I ship, uh, Sutton Foster and Peter Hartman. Is he the boss? He's the boss. Yes, I ship that. Yes. I so ship that. I also ship myself with him. Fair enough. But that's another story. That's another story. But um, Oh, also, one of my favorite ships, did you ever watch that 70s show? Yes. Uh, Jackie and Kelso. I was so upset that she ended up with Hyde, or no, actually in the last episode she ended up with Bez. Oh, yeah. So but... I felt like that was something from the universe for all the sorrow I went through. They're like, you never got Jackie and Kelsa together, but I'm going to give you Ashton and Mila 10 years later. It was so good. Oh, man. And they're together. They're so great. Like, it just amazes me. I'm like, yeah, why didn't they get together sooner? This, like, makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I think that about wraps it up for shipping and this episode of uh fangirl forum thank you so much for being on oh my god thank you so much for having me i'm i feel like we went really over time but we i mean it's clocking in at an hour and 10 minutes right now but you know it's fine it's fine you know listen to it on your drive home yeah if you're, if you're especially if you're in la and you're stuck in traffic this should take up the entire time there you not go. a problem <laughs> oh where can uh people find you oh i am on instagram and twitter under at joss bacala very nice j-o-s-s-b-a-c-a-double-l-a I will put that in the description as well <laughs> if you did not have a chance yeah. to write that down. If you want to okay. talk ships, whatever. If you want to talk, want to talk Julie Andrews, actually. Julie Andrews, I'm not a ship up, but <laughs> I've um, many a Julie Andrews tattoos. I'm just a big Julie Andrews fan. You're so. a, you're a stan, yeah. for sure. Yeah, so, you know, just girl talk. <laughs> Come at me. Absolutely. And uh, feel free to tweet at me, at Meredith Loftus. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode, what are your ships? What have you experienced with shipping? And do you think I'm crazy for shipping? Damn right. I don't think so, but I may be. Who knows at this point. Um, but thanks for tuning in, guys. Have a fantastic day. I really need to work on Oh. I need to th- think of a better, like... No. Love it. Love it. Keep fantastic it. Fantastic day. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.